welcome to Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about the people behind today's virology headlines. With the annual American Society of Virology meeting coming in mid-July, we are talking with virologists, graduate students, and postdoctoral researchers who will be attending the meeting. Thanks for talking with us today. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you so much. So my name is Zainab Al-Masri. I am an international graduate student at the Pennsylvania State University. This is my third year in the Molecular, Cellular and Integrative Biosciences uh, PhD program. I come from Lebanon. That is my home country. So that is where I actually did my undergraduate Uh, in biology at St. Joseph University of Beirut. And then after that, uh, I went to do my master's degree at the Lebanese American University, uh, where I worked in Dr. Uh, Elsie Bai's lab. Uh, My previous work mainly focused on cancer research, cancer cell biology. And then I came here to Penn State uh, after that, where I joined Dr. Uh, Joyce Cho's lab. And currently I am working on how alpha viruses modulate intracellular intercellular pathways to help uh, in their life cycle, basically. Okay. And sort of taking a step back, how did you first become interested in science or um, sort of medical science, virology? How did that arise for you? So I, I always wanted to do research because as a kid, I had cancer. I basically, I actually had osteosarcoma. So I am a cancer survivor. So I always wanted to do research, right? So research was, uh, was actually my main interest. And during my master's degree, I did some cell biology. I did cancer research. I did some cell biology and I was, I fell in love with microscopy and imaging. And when I came to, to Penn State here, I started rotating in different labs. I rotated in uh, in a bioengineering, a bioengineering lab uh, where I actually did some turf microscopy. And then I rotated in a neuro lab where I did neurocell biology. And then I my last rotation was in, uh, in Dr. Joe's lab. Um, and what I, I got super fascinated by how viruses can modify cells uh, on, uh, on a microscopic level, basically. So imaging uh, infected cells is beautiful. Um, and alpha viruses can uh, modulate everything in the cell in a beautiful way. And we have fluorescent viruses. So that's how uh, my interest basically shifted over time. I see, I see. And just thinking about when, you're, when you were sort of going through this path, what were you looking for? And sort of how did you choose to go to the different places that you ended up, the different institutions, the different labs? How did you, what were you looking for? What were the, you know, what were the factors that you used to choose? Yeah, so the Institute, there are also personal factors that came into, uh, into play. So I am personally part of the LGBTQ plus uh, community. So when I wanted to move to the United States, I was looking for um, institutes that are good um, on a research level, yes, but that are also LGBTQ plus friendly. And so I applied to multiple universities. I got accepted in multiple places. And my final decision was based on like a combination of my research interest and my personal life. So Penn State is uh, great uh, for members um, of the LGBTQ plus uh, community. They are very supportive. I've never been discriminated against here. And knowing my background, I come from a um, from a quite a bit conservative uh, country when it comes to LGBTQ plus issues. So that played a major role in me choosing 
um, the country where I want to go to right after my master's and, and the institute. And why I came to Penn State is because also the program, MSIBS, my program is very interdisciplinary. So I, I could actually rotate in labs that are bioengineering lab, right? Or um, chem chemical engineering even. So anything that I would like to do or explore or learn new techniques or approaches, I could actually do that. So that is why I chose Penn State uh, and this program specifically. And how did you choose your lab? So I know that's like a, you know, an issue all scientists go through when they're sort of getting their PhD and even their postdoc is what are the factors that you look for in, in a good lab that you want to join? So, of course, there's the research interest, whether I like the research or not, the lab environment. That was the major, like one of the major uh, things that I was looking for, right? Because um, my, my lab uh, during my master's degree was great. My advisor was very supportive. So I was looking for that. And um, I ended up in Dr. Joe's lab because um, um, I talked to her about multiple factors. Like I, I was like, okay, I'm an international student, you know, would you mind if I go see my family, for example, once per year, right? And she was like, no, of course not. She's also international, so she understands. She's very supportive. And she actually uh, let us uh, grow uh, a bit on our own while she is there, right? So I, my project, she's like, go ahead, come up with experiments, you know, you figure out what you want to do, let me know, and I'm here to support you and help you. And especially since I want to personally stay in, in academia, that is my dream. So that helps a lot. So I can actually develop my own ideas and go to her and see if this will work because she has the, ex the experience, basically. Yeah. Right, right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this research that you've been doing, sort of some of the kinds of experiments that you do, and then maybe what, what are some of the main findings that you've been uh, uncovering? Yes. So uh, I started, uh, basically, my actually my rotation uh, project was um, Flavi viruses. So I, would, I worked a bit on, on the non-structural protein 5, but then I shifted uh, to alpha viruses uh, more. I am interested in, in pathway. I'm a cell, so I did, I have my expertise is cell biology, right? And I did a lot of cytoskeletal modulations during my master's degree. So that's, that's what I mainly studied. Uh, so, so what I was interested in is like alpha viruses fascinated me. Um, we have a lot of uh, fluorescent tagged viruses basically. And so um, when I saw, like when we expressed them with cellular markers and I saw the changes that happened, for example, to the actin cytoskeleton, so they induce philopodial extensions, to the actin cytoskeleton, the changes um, um, in trafficking pathways, basically. So that caught my attention. I went to Dr. Joe's and I was like, I am interested in studying alpha viruses on, on, on a molecular and cellular level. And she was like, yeah, go ahead. So I work on, on NSP1, uh, when it comes to non-structural proteins, I work on NSP1, and we're trying to understand how NSP1 um, basically induces uh, philopodial extensions, which host factors NSP1 interacts with. And I also work on structural proteins, where my main interest is, is actually the uh, ion channel, 6K of alpha virus. So also we are trying to spatiotemporally study 6K, and this is our upcoming paper we are going to submit now, um, where we study how 6K um, um, basically uses the trafficking uh, pathway, how it can modulate uh, the pH of the uh, trafficking uh, exocytic pathway 
for uh, the benefit of alpha viruses. So what we use, the techniques we use are mainly microscopy, confocal microscopy. We have fluorescent viruses. So we try to put fluorescent tags on the protein that we are interested in, uh, in, in, in studying. And I am also gonna start going towards proteomics a bit. So I'm doing some mass spec. And the goal is to do some structural work in collaboration, cryo-EM structural work in collaboration with other labs at, at Penn State. And when you say alpha viruses, um, are the proteins that you study, the NSP1 and um, the 6K, are they highly conserved among all alpha viruses or are they different? So 6K has some differences, actually. NSP1, it depends on which region of NSP1, right? So NSP1 is a methyl transferase. So that domain is actually pretty well conserved. But the C-terminal domain of NSP1 is not very well conserved. It's not as conserved as the other parts of, of the protein. In 6K, there are um, some variation uh, in the protein. We don't know if the role is even the exact, if, if they if 6K has the exact same role when it comes to old world, for example, versus new world um, alpha viruses, I mainly work on, on Symbus and I'm gonna go start going to BSL3 soon to, uh, to work on ChickV, so to move the work from Symbus uh, to chikungunya virus, basically. Uh, but yeah, that's when it comes to whether they are uh, conserved or not, yeah. And, and do you see like, is it known for the different viruses and the alpha viruses that when they infect cells, they actually do different kinds of cytoskeletal rearrangements. Is that already known? So the cytoskeletal rearrangement are the same mainly in, uh, in most of the alpha viruses, if not all that have been studied. So philopodial extensions do exist. And we know that, uh, that we have two types of them, the short extensions and the long extensions. The short ones are actually induced by, by NSP1. The long ones, they require the presence of the envelope glycoproteins for them to be, uh, to be formed. But yeah, the short ones, we know that are, they are induced by NSP1. How? We do not know which host factors are involved, um, which host factors are, are recruited. We don't know. Like The structure of NSP1 was unknown till very recently. Like This past year, it was actually published. It's beautiful. But yeah, even with the structure, we still do not know if... NSP1 needs to be a monomer to induce these extensions. Can it induce it when it's in a ring complex? So that also we do not know. Right, very interesting. And are you giving a talk at ASV about this work or? Yes, so my, my, I'm giving a talk about, about uh, NSP1 and our interesting findings, and we are still developing it more. I'm not presenting 6K, uh, even though we're gonna publish it right now, but I'm presenting, I'm presenting NSP1 mainly. Oh, great. Well, well, we'll look forward to that. Um, I guess looking, thinking about the personal side, um, I've uh, been sort of wanting to ask people, I mean, this is an unusual time to be a virologist uh, during the middle of a, a pandemic. And so uh, just sort of getting your thoughts on how the pandemic has sort of affected you as sort of a virologist, but also as a person. Yeah, so it was hard. It was hard because I'm also international and I couldn't go home. Uh, I couldn't see my family. They got COVID and I was super worried. I lost my grandpa to COVID and it was very rough. It was really hard on a person level. Um, we, we were working during COVID because we, I also have a small side project on, on SARS coronaviruses. So we were working, I was working on that uh, during the pandemic. So we didn't really stop uh, working. We were coming to the lab, but I got COVID and that was miserable. So I was stuck for like three weeks at home. 
I couldn't go out. I couldn't do anything. So it was um, on on a research level. It was. For us, we were not hit that bad. My main project was hit bad, yes, but I was working on a side project during that time. But the hardest part was like trying to focus and concentrate, right? Because you are always everywhere. Like I was, my, my mind was part in Lebanon and here and trying to do some research, you know, while like being alone, like not seeing anyone, not seeing friends. Um, so yeah, it was, it was hard. It was really hard. And yeah, the main difficulty that I find is like, okay, I need to focus on this. Like I could not, I was very distracted. I couldn't write a word. I think during that time I was very distracted. I couldn't sit and focus on writing. So it was challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Goodness. Um, quite, quite a year. Yes. Good yes. that you, you've uh, sort of managed to survive that. Yeah. Um, and then I guess just some last thoughts about, so, you know, virologists spend a lot of time in the lab. What do you do with yourself when you're not in the lab? Oh, yeah. So I am um, a huge geek <laughs> and nerd. So I play video games. I love playing video games and I actually love playing board games. So we have game nights, me and my friends, where we sit and we play, um, where, where we sit and we play board games. Um, I love Dungeons and Dragons. So I play D and D. I'm a huge nerd, yeah, and a lot of a lot of uh, video games. And I go hiking sometimes because State College here is is beautiful, but it's mainly uh, talking, reading sci-fi and fantasy, and gaming, board gaming, and video gaming. Yeah, that's what what I normally do outside of work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have a favorite video game? Yes. Yes, I do have a favorite video game. It's Horizon Zero Dawn on PlayStation 4. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's my favorite game. Um, and then lastly, um, what are your plans for the future? So you're sort of, you're, I guess you're sort of in the middle of graduate school. You still have like a, another year or so for the, for the average time. What, what are you thinking about? What would you, are you thinking of doing a postdoc? And what, what are you interested in working on or, or, or exploring? Yeah, so I am definitely, I definitely want to do a postdoc. That's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in super resolution microscopy in the context of virology. Uh, I would love to explore that uh, more. I know I want to stay in infectious disease, but maybe a shift towards like more of cell biology uh, side of it and doing some, uh, gaining some expertise in, in specifically super resolution microscopy because I've always been, very, very interested in super resolution microscopy. And here we do confocal. I might do some super resolution um, soon because we have a facility here. But yeah, that's uh, that's my main. I want to stay in academia. That is my dream. It's we all know it's hard. It's super competitive. It's cutthroat. Um, so yeah, I'm looking for for a for a postdoc that will set me to go to to academia uh, later on or to be in a research institute. Um, that is that is my my ultimate goal. Great, great. And the technique that you were talking about are there um, limited number of places in the United States or the world that have these these uh, instruments? I'm not that familiar with it. Yeah, so now it's becoming a bit more uh, uh, available at certain certain institutes. Um, like there is a very big. Um, um, uh, imaging institute that is actually near here, Janelia. Uh, they do some some super resolution microscopy. They don't have a virologist though. So if I find someone who is uh, 
who had some interested uh, interest in virology or infectious disease where I can start my own kind of project that would be great if not there's there's a couple of labs at the NIH actually that do some super resolution microscopy uh, along with virology there's some labs in 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 Europe uh, too so yeah the I don't have like Europe is still there tool as an option it's not completely out of my scope but it depends on the opportunities that I'm gonna get Right, right. Well, we look forward to your talk um, and good luck in your future. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking. Um, and uh, like I said, we'll, we'll uh, be listening for your talk. Thank you so much. Thank you for this great opportunity. And I this has been Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about people who study viruses. This is your host, Larissa Backright, and Thanks for listening.